0: Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluffs Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit CityLightWestCB.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light WestCB. What's up, guys? You guys out there? My name's Chuck, and I get to be one of the pastors here, along with Kenan, here at City Light, and uh, we're excited um, for you being here. We really do uh, say, I don't want it to become something we just say, just because we say, but we really consider it a privilege to be, a pa- to be one of your pastors. Um, we, we uh, you know, there, there are things as we pastor that, you know, do weigh heavy, but guys, there are lots and lots and lots of joys. To be, uh, one of the pastors here at Sea Light West Council Bluffs. So thanks for all you do. Thanks for, uh, for giving. Thanks for supporting. Um, thanks for attending. Thanks for just being here and, uh, and entering in and being partners in this, uh, in this crazy thing that started about two and a half years ago that we call Sea Light West Council Bluffs. Um, hey, uh, we are in, currently in a sermon series that is taking us through the book of Acts. Now, the Bible is made up of 66 books, and it's divided into two different sections. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And if you're trying to find the book of Acts in a paper Bible, it's the fifth book in the New Testament. If you're trying to find it on your app, you just find the book that says ACTS in the New Testament, click on it, and you're there. We're going to be in chapter 17 uh, this morning. Uh, I want to start off with a story about my friend Shane. Uh, Shane is back there. He and his wife, Kelly, uh, helped prepare our communion, which we're going to receive here in just a little bit. But about uh, five or six months ago, I think it was May, however long ago that was, We, my wife and I, we went to Arkansas to celebrate our 30th uh, anniversary uh, in marriage. And uh, we had a good time. We we're gone in a couple of weeks. And as um, Normally happens whenever one of us are away, Uh, we'll text the other, we try to stay away from our phones during times that we're off and vacation and things like that. But I got back into town and I texted Kenan and I'm like, yo man, how's everything going? And he's like, "Uh, it's going really well, but you're not going to believe we're going to have, we got this meeting Monday morning that uh, you're going to want to be at. I'm like, okay, sometimes that can be a little archaic. It can be a little like, oh no, is this something that I want to be at or whatever? But uh, I'm like, okay. So I went to this meeting on Sunday, on Monday morning, and my friend Shane uh, was back there. And I knew Shane uh, a little bit. Shane was a Uh, Had been coming to some of our gatherings, like on Easter and uh, you know Christmas, and he would come special invites with uh, like Tyler and uh, I knew that knew Kelly uh, really really well, and so um, Shane had been around our church for a little while, and um, he he had heard the gospel, but I had no idea what was going to happen on that Monday morning. We sat down on the on that Monday morning, and Shane expressed his need for Jesus. He's like, guys, I just need Jesus. I, wanna, I want my life to be different. I, uh, I want to follow Jesus, and I, I want to get baptized. Shane had heard the gospel, and he believed the gospel, and I, knew, I know that it was through a lot of prayers from Kelly, his wife, and Tyler, his son. And um, Jesus had done a work in his heart. And so we, um, he talked to his family and friends, got his family and friends here on a, on a Sunday morning. And just a couple of months ago, we were able to baptize Shane. And, he, uh, and uh, he, he's now like, a great follower of Jesus. He's helping prepare our, our uh, communion. I mean, like, Doesn't Jesus deserve a hand for that? huh? The gospel was shared with Shane, and he believed. That's how it works, right? Sometimes. That's how it works sometimes. Sometimes it's like when I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Um, I won't name him, but... Uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we we just talk about life. We talk about different things, and um, he was expressing to me, hey, Chuck, man, do you have any purpose? Like, what is your purpose? Where do you find meaning in your life? What what is it that you find joy in? Because I'm struggling. I'm struggling. He doesn't follow Jesus. uh, Very successful in what he does. Um, Been married a long time, has a great family, but... He's asking me, Chuck, how do you find joy? How do you find purpose? How do you find meaning? And so uh, I talked about the Ohio State Buckeyes. I didn't. I'm just kidding, guys. We, we talked about Jesus. We talked about Jesus. I told him how uh, Jesus changed my life and, the you know, uh, how I find my meaning and purpose in what he's called me to do. And I shared with him the fact that it, he can have that same meaning and purpose through Jesus if he just trusts that, you know, Jesus Christ came to save him from his sin. And to uh, if he believed that what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he did for him, that he could have that same meaning and purpose, he could have peace with God, he could follow Jesus and find true joy, true happiness, true satisfaction. What do you think happened? Now ah, he's saying, Chuck, I'm gonna take a hard pass on that. Sometimes that's how it's worked. He responded with, I don't think that's for me, Chuck, but thanks. The gospel was shared, but my friend didn't believe. Now, the reality is, is that the gospel was good news for Shane and for my friend, but only Shane believed that it was good news. My friend didn't. And here's the big idea that we're going to be talking about today. You're going to hear me say it more and more. The gospel is the good news that some believe, but that others reject. The gospel is the good news that some believe, but that others reject. I love the simplicity of how Jesus works. Earlier in the book of Acts, he told uh, the, his disciples that you are going to be my witnesses. And so people began to do what witnesses do, and they told the story of Jesus. They shared the gospel. They, and whenever we talk about the gospel around here, we talk about it being the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You see how that works. It's broken up. God saves sinners. That's you and I. We've screwed up. We've messed up. We've broken his eternal law that uh, he's required of us. God saves sinners. That makes us uh, sinners. If we tell one lie, we're a sinner. If we uh, lust one time, we're a sinner. We can do nothing to overcome uh, sin on our own. But God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus came, lived a perfect life, lived the life that we were supposed to live, lived the life that we were we required to live, but yet he took our place on the cross. He took our guilt upon himself. He took our punishment upon himself. God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection. So on the third day, Jesus didn't just die on the cross. On the third day, he arose from the dead. And he proved that he was different than any other human being that walked this planet. He fulfilled the law of God. And he rose again proving that he was indeed God. And so God saved sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what these witnesses were doing. They shared the gospel. The good news that God saved sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And people believed and were baptized. Thousands and thousands of people believed and were baptized. Some people believed just like my friend Shane when you share the gospel. That's how it started here at City Light. We simply started to share the gospel and people believed and were baptized. A little uh, over two years ago, about 40 of us were sent out by a very good church on the other side of town. City Light Council Bluffs. Um, to be a gospel witness on the west end of Council Bluffs. To be a gospel witness in a part of our city where there was no gospel witness. And by God's grace, we saw some amazing things happen. Lives are being changed. People are are growing closer to Jesus, and we get a front row seat. We get a front row seat at watching that happen. Almost two dozen people over the last couple years have trusted Jesus. Lots of others who have had maybe some church hurt in the past, have come here and found some healing and still others are like hey i love the mission that you guys are on i want to join up in that and the way we kind of phrase that some of the ways we uh talk about that is we people found a savior to believe in they found a family to belong to and they found a a a mission to be on some people believe when you share the gospel that's what we see here in Acts 17. Paul shares the gospel, and some people believe, and some people don't. Paul and his team, they're in this, um, they're in this city called Thessalonica, and they do what they've always done. They go directly to the synagogue uh, to talk about who Jesus is. Now, you guys may ask, what's a synagogue? A synagogue is a place where uh, Jewish people go. Um, they were followers of Judaism. That's where they go to worship. And they were mostly ethnic Jews, and, but there maybe were some non-Jews in the mix because there were some non-Jews who also followed Judaism. And the Bible refers to them as devout Greeks, all right? So Paul, being an ethnic Jew, is in a familiar place where uh, there are people that he can totally relate to uh, because it hasn't been too long since he's been in their shoes, People who practice Judaism have hoped, for, have hoped for thousands of, thousands of years that their the Messiah would come. So for thousands of years, these people who practice Judaism hoped and wanted and were looking for, because they'd heard the prophets. They knew Isaiah. They knew Jeremiah. They knew all the prophecies in the Old Testament. That were there. One day there was going to be this Messiah that was going to come. And they, uh, they also referred to this Messiah as the Christ. This was the chosen one. This Messiah was the, the special one that would deliver them from oppression. He was going to redeem them from, uh, from the oppression that they were experiencing. They were going to re- he was going to restore them to the hope of being able to uh, once again have this earthly kingdom. That's what they were hoping for. That's what they were wanting. They wanted to rule and reign with this Messiah, this king, forever. And that's what they were looking for. A future king to restore all things. Someone that they could put all of their hope in. Think about that. That's not much different than what we do today, is it? Huh? Like, we don't call him a Messiah. We don't call him the Christ. We might call him a coach. Huh? We might call him a senator. Maybe he's that president that we want to be in charge. We hope for the same things. We don't call him a Messiah, but It might be a particular party that we want to be in charge. We may not be waiting for deliverance from oppression or a king that we can reign with, but we're looking for hope. All right? We're looking for significance. We're looking for meaning. And so, Paul, he would go into these synagogues, he would show them that what they were actually looking for. this Christ, this Messiah, this King that they were hoping for, that they were waiting on, was actually who Jesus is. And he would break down the scriptures and tell them exactly everything that Jesus had done to fulfill all of the prophecies. The good news for those people in the synagogue is that Jesus is who you've been waiting for. Jesus is who you've been waiting for. The Bible tells us that there were some people who believed Look at uh, Acts 17, 4 with me. Um, And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. Persuaded. And they joined Paul and Silas. As did a great many of the devout Greeks. And not a few of the leading women. And then look in verse uh, 11 and 12. It says, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word. Say that with me. Received the word. They received. With all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore what? Believed. Many of them therefore believed. As Paul explained the good news of the gospel to these ethnic Jews, light bulbs begin to go off. Things begin to happen in them and they're like, oh, this makes sense. I get it now. It's It's clicking. Things are making sense to them. Jesus is the one we've always been waiting for. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. And in their hearts, they trusted Jesus as the Messiah. They trusted Christ as the one that they've always been looking for. It's kind of like how many photographers we have. You, got, you ever made, I mean, I pretend, like I got this new iPhone 14, <laughs> and the camera on it is absolutely amazing. And so I kind of like pretend to be a photographer, but man, you know, like when you get that perfect shot and you're like, oh yes, click, and you sit there and you look at it for a while. It's like getting the perfect shot when there, things were coming on and they were like, oh yes, I get it now. And it's like getting the, the perfect shot that comes in perfect focus. Or if you're a golfer, maybe it's a, you know, you, you, you have the right back swing, you come back the first 12 inches like you should, you bring it up over your shoulder, you keep things square, you come through the ball, and you hit the ball, and you hit that perfect shot. It's like everything comes together because it, it just worked, it just clicked at the right moment. If you're a teacher, you can see that moment in your student's eyes, can't you? You ever been teaching someone, and all of a sudden their eyes go, and you're like, oh, they finally get it. They finally get what I've been trying to teach them for the last eight weeks. Or maybe you're a student and you're sitting there and your teacher says it differently or maybe he just, or she phrases things a little bit differently than what they did the last time and you're like, oh, it makes sense. I completely get what you're talking about now. That's kind of the moment that these, these devout Jews, these Greeks had as Paul was teaching who Christ was in the temple. He was, they, they, they're they like, oh, I get it now. It makes sense. Like a light turned on, but not everyone believed the Bible tells us in verse five, that some people were jealous and actually formed a mob and chased Paul and Silas out of town. Paul and Sidus were able to get out of town and they went to a nearby town. They heard that they were over there. So guess what they did? They went and said, I'm going to get these guys because I don't believe what they're saying. I think they're more of a threat than they are a help. And so they chased them over there. And then finally, they ended up in a place called Athens. The gospel is good news that some people believe, but others reject. Okay. So they find themselves in Athens. And um, Athens is a pretty, pretty famous city, right? Um, it's known for a lot of different things. Um, but it's mostly, back then it was known for the many gods that they worshipped. Um, they, they, um, from what I gather, you could, like, you could be walking down the street in Athens. And there would just be these statues, these different idols, and on these statues, there would be the name Zeus or Diana or whatever other Greek name they gave this particular statue because that, was, that represented their God. They, um, there were so many gods uh, that this culture wanted to worship that in an effort to not miss something, in an effort to not miss a God, they actually had a... Uh, um, Uh, Like a, I don't know, some type of a writing on the bottom of this statue. And it said, just in case we miss one, it didn't say this, but it said to the unknown God. So that they didn't miss a God, they had a statue with some type of inscription on it that said unknown God. (laughs) So they they were, uh, they wanted to make sure they had it all right. They wanted to make sure that they didn't miss anything. Paul saw this. Like he saw, I mean, Paul worships, he worships Jesus. He was converted as a Jew. One of those guys who the light came on on the Damascus Road. Of course, he went blind and there's a whole story there that we covered just a little while ago. But Paul has a story. But the light came on. Paul is now following Jesus. And he, he sees this. He sees this scene with all of these statues, all of these idols in the city of Athens, and his heart was broken because he knew that these people were chasing after false gods. They were chasing after significance and meaning and purpose in something that they would never find it in. Look in verse number 16 of chapter 17. It says, Now when Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his friends, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. That's, that word spirit, that word provoked, it means it moved him. And Paul, since we've been reading about him here in Acts, he was a man of action. And he just couldn't sit by and allow this, these people to chase after these things that they would never find true life in. And so with, the, with this in his mind... He again goes to the synagogue. He goes to a familiar place where people can relate and he begins to show them the same things that he showed to those people that were in Thessalonica and Berea. Only this time there were people who wanted to hear more. These people were philosophers that the Bible identifies as Epicureans and Stoics. And so they take him to this place called the Areopagus. Now, we don't really have an equal Like, any comparison to this place uh, in our culture? if (laughs) I may get in trouble if I say it this way, but uh, the only comparison I could come up with is, like, the local bar. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a place where where people go and they talk about different philosophy. They talk about, you know, different things that they believe. And um, maybe there's other places out there and you guys, you know, can... Help me out with that a little bit later on. I'll repent or whatever. But, but that's what I've noticed. Every bar I've been in, you go into, or if you go to a brewery or something, people just like to talk about different things in life. And this is kind of like the atmosphere that you would think these, these people at these Areopagus is, is going on. It's a place where a lot of debate and discussion would happen. Paul wasn't un, was unfamiliar with the Areopagus. It wasn't a place that he hung out normally, but he was invited to go in and could have been a place where he was not necessarily able to relate. But what does he do? He talks about Jesus. Paul talks about Jesus in this place that he's been invited to go to because he preached the gospel in the synagogue. The philosopher said, I want to know more about that. And so they invited him into this place and he talks about Jesus. The good news for those in the Areopagus is that Jesus is who you've been searching for. Jesus is who you've been searching for. It's not found in Zeus. It's not found in uh, Diana. What you've been searching for is actually found in Jesus. And look how Paul does it. Look how Paul says it. We'll pick it up in verse number 22 of Acts chapter 17. It says, So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Skip down to verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. That's a sermon, isn't it? Paul says, hey, I see you want to know God. That's made obvious by all these different idols that you have built, all these different um, uh, gods that you have represented here. That's made obvious. I see that you want to know God. And rather than believing that nothing exists, you at least believe that something is out there. So you're searching for a God to please you that won't hurt you. That's why they had so many. This God will help me here. This God will help me here. If this God hurts me, then maybe this God will help me. If this God takes his anger out on me, then maybe this God will give me a little something, something. They're trying to find a God. They're trying to find a way to uh, to live in peace. They're They're trying to search for something so that if they did something bad last night or last week or last year, that this God won't repay them badly for it. Paul tells them that the good news is that Jesus is who you've been searching for. Jesus is everything you've been searching for. And so look at how these philosophers respond. Look in verse 32. He says, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and what? Some men joined him and believed. And they're named. Among them were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Some mocked. Some wanted to hear more. But some believed. Some people believed. The gospel is good news that some believe, but that others reject. What happened And Thessalonica and Berea and Athens is the same thing that happened in Jerusalem, Samaria, Damascus, Caesarea, Antioch, Lystra, all these cities that we've read about in the book of Acts up till now. All these other places. The good news of the gospel was being shared. Some people were believing, but others were rejecting. The gospel was being shared with religious people. It was being shared with murderers. It was being shared with insiders and outsiders. It's being shared with men and women. It was being shared with young and old. It's being shared with the rich and the poor. It's being shared with people of influence and people who had no clue what society was all about. The gospel was being shared. Some were rejecting this good news, but some were believing. And some wanted to hear more. City Light, the gospel is the good news that some will believe, but that others will reject. Let me ask you how do you respond to the gospel? How have you responded to the gospel? The truth is that even though we're centuries removed from the time that Paul went into these synagogues and hung out with these philosophers in the Areopagus, the truth is not much has changed, has it? Not much has changed. Most of us are still waiting, and most of us are searching. Maybe you've waited on that dream job to come through, right? That job that you said you've always wanted. And you find out that, you know what? It doesn't really give me what I thought it would give me. It doesn't really do for me what I thought it would do for me. Maybe you've waited for years for the right guy or girl to come along. And you found out that they have bad breath in the morning and they leave their dirty laundry everywhere. Not exactly what you were banking on, was it? Or maybe you're like me where you Search for comfort and rest in things like food or Netflix or just laying around and you find yourself fatter, lazier, and with a little less money in the bank. All right? Maybe, maybe you're like me. And we probably don't call what we're searching for the Messiah. Um, maybe we call it Security oh man, I guess i got to work those 80 hours so I can have a little security for my family. Maybe you call it comfort. We don't call what we're searching for Zeus or Venus. Maybe we call it meaning and significance and purpose. City Light, i got to remind you, the good news is that Jesus is what you've been waiting for. Jesus is who you've been searching for. And I want to invite you this morning to trust Him. And maybe you're like, Chuck, you know what? I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm good. And why are we still searching and chasing after all this stuff? Why am I still 40 pounds overweight and not much, not much money in the bank and spent my entire day yesterday watching Wicked Tuna? <laughs> you know, why, why do we chase after these things? Why do we seek security and comfort after things that Never give us the security and comfort that we're looking for. It's because we really don't trust that Jesus is everything that we need. The anxiety that we feel, have you guys felt anxiety over the last year? How many of you have felt anxiety? You know, um, addicts feel that same anxiety. They're no different than we are. We're no different than they are. You know that? You guys get that, right? The only thing is, is when I go to the refrigerator and I take out my half gallon of ice cream, Ken not going to say, Chuck, man, you got to get, you got to go to AANA. He's not going to say that. But the reality is I, I do the very same thing. We do the very same thing. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe your gig is shopping. Oh man, I'm, I just need, I, I'm feeling a little anxious. Maybe if I just go buy me something, I'll be, I'll feel better. Let, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Home Depot. Maybe we do a home, home improvement project. Maybe that'll get my mind off what I need. Like, we do it too, don't we? We do it, guys. Because we don't go to Jesus with that anxiety. We don't go to Jesus with that struggle that we're having. We don't go to Jesus. We don't trust that the gospel is everything for us. Like, so, I'll just tell you this. This wasn't even in the sermon. I'm just going off script now. Uh, three years ago, I was about 40 pounds lighter. And now I'm like, oh, man, there's shame there. There's uh, frustration there. There's anxiety there. Like, what, if, you know? But I can take that to Jesus, right? I've, I've forgotten that because I don't trust the gospel like I'm preaching to you guys. I I don't trust it. Whenever I feel anxious, whenever I get nervous, whenever I get stressed out, maybe I just want a day off and eat the bad stuff. Like Guys, we're all in the same boat. Now The difference is this morning, some people have walked into this space this morning, and they said, you know what, I've trusted Jesus Christ. I know that if I were to die right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be with him. There's some of us that are here this morning, and you're like, I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't know what he did. I'm not sure exactly what all this stuff even means. And this is maybe some of the first times I've heard about this message of who Jesus is, that he came, that he, like, I don't, where's sin? What's, what's sin, right? Sin is when we go against the commandments of God. And so some of us don't even have that concept. But the the reality is, is we we can chat about that this morning. Jesus came and he died for all those wrong things that we've done. And when we put our faith in what he did for us, we get forgiveness of that sin. And relationship is made perfect and we have peace with God. And I want to invite you this morning to trust him. It's as simple as A, B, C. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for you. And then C, commit your life to following him. That's it. Admit, believe, and commit. So, man, this morning, um, I just want us to, to consider, where are we at with the gospel? Do I, do I come to Jesus, um, maybe maybe say it this way, do I not come to Jesus because I think I have to come all buttoned up with my game together, with my act together? Look in the part that I looked two years ago or three years ago or eight years ago or 15 years ago, and you're like, I can't go to Jesus because I'm, I'm messed up. i got to get myself all cleaned up. i got to get things working better. You know, I got to lose 15 pounds. I got to get in better shape. I got to have maybe been at the gym for the last two weeks or whatever your thing is. Maybe I need a little bit of money in the bank to show Jesus I'm actually a good steward of my money. Maybe I need to do this or that. Whatever you think you need to do, you don't. Whatever you think you need to do, you don't. Just come to him. The shame. The anger. Maybe there's something that's gone on in your life and you're like, nope come to Jesus with your anger maybe you've got some guilt come to Jesus with your guilt this morning we're going to step into a time of communion and um, communion is a time where uh, we remember that everything that Jesus did on the cross the the body his body was broken and beaten for us um, as a result of going to the cross and when we tear the bread it's dipped into the uh, juice, which is representative of, of his blood. And it's a body was beaten. His blood was shed so that we could have eternal life, so that we can have peace with God. And so communion is a time where we come together. We remember what Jesus Christ did for us. And we, um, we cherish those, mo- that moment, right? And so this morning we're going to celebrate communion. We're going to have a time of communion together. And, if maybe you've messed up, if maybe you've experienced some of the things I've been living in my life these last few months, maybe you've gone to a different place than you shouldn't have. Maybe you did hit the bottle. Maybe you thought the answer was at the bottom of the bottle. Maybe you thought the answer was at the end of that joint or at the bottom of that pipe. Maybe that's where you thought the answer was and you're you're like... I can't come to Jesus unless I get cleaned up. And this morning, let me just let you know, you can come to Jesus, all right? This morning, if, if you've trusted that what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he did for you, come and receive communion. Come and celebrate this wonderful gift that we've been given to remember all that Jesus has done for us. But if you're sitting here this morning, and you're like, I don't know about all this. Just hang out. You're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. Just hang out. And if you have questions, we'd love to talk with you afterwards. But let's uh, let's enter into communion this morning. Let's pray. And if our servers would get in the right spots, there's one in the back where uh, there's it's gluten free. So we have that option. Um, and then up front, we'll, uh, we'll have the bread and the juice. So let's pray and then uh, let's receive communion together. Father, um, you're good. Uh, We're so grateful and thankful for all that you've done. We're thankful, Lord, that uh, this story that um, is told, this this account of how the church grew in the book of Acts, um, we're thankful that it's there. How that um, Paul uh, was provoked. He cared enough to say something. When he went into the city of Athens, God, I pray that this morning, as we have, uh, we've just been uh, affected by your word, uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just do a work that only you can do. God, I pray that you would uh, remind us that we don't have to have it all together don't have to have our ducks in a row we don't have anything to prove we can come to you just as we are and uh and it's okay so father i pray lord that you, uh, you would remind us of that this morning we, may we be, be reminded of your goodness as we receive the bread and the wine and the, and the juice may we be may we be reminded of that as we receive the bread and the juice Uh, may it remind us of your goodness to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.